0: You survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. This week, episode number 341, interview with private investigator, author, and my friend, Suzanne McComas. Barbara Baird of womensoutdoornews.com reminds and informs us about the hunting and fishing day coming up, as well as the whereabouts of her stars of her e-zine. Maryland is going through some stuff with the gun rush as law-abiding citizens are buying firearms at a record pace to beat the clock when Maryland will require a qualification license before purchasing a new firearm and AR-15s classified as assault weapons are going to be hard to get. Didn't do too much writing this week but man, what a week it was. Made a few changes so hang on and let me know what you think. This is the Pro Gun Variety Show for the cool people in the gun community. My name is Reverend Ken Blanchard, and I talk to and about newsmakers, producers, and things that matter to you. I know what you're going through. I'm your friend and brother from another mother, known around the world as the Black Man with a Gun, and this is what cool sounds like. Welcome to the Black Man with a Gun Show. Pause with me now as John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands.
2: One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All
0: right. If you're a long time listener, you know I changed some stuff around. Not only do I have the new music, but I also put John Wayne in there right up front. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know what you think. How are you anyway? This week for me has been a monster, pretty much like all of 2013, but I can actually see a silver lining. I got friends and family like you. You know, I've been promised a lot this year, and if just one of those promises get fulfilled, I'll be a little happier than I am right now. Last week, I got beat down by my pastor. It hurt, but I know where he was coming from. A great state of confusion, but that's all right. I usually can handle pain until it hurts. I let my mind wander, and it didn't come back. Didn't do much writing this week, but I did do a piece on how to talk to your spouse about guns for BearingArms.com. Pretty cool site. Go check it out if you get a chance. Spent a little time with the mom. My mother had uh, cataracts removed from her eyes, and she was just glad to have her son around. It was kind of nice, even though I felt a little overwhelmed. Got me a new bed. I mean, I had a bed. It was like a hammock. And as I'm, I just turned over, I make the wife fall into the hole, and it was bad. So hopefully I'll be sleeping better for the next couple of weeks. I kind of like this bed. This thing's got some cushion to it. It's kind of nice. Wife is good. Family is good. Things are going to be all right. I can just tell. It's coming. I changed the website a little bit, blackmailwithagun.com, and uh, found out one of my friends is leaving the gun biz. And then there's a whole thing with Marilyn. We'll talk about it during the news segment. Had quite a few people hit me up about the gun owners versus the hunters thing. A couple of guys I know that hunt, man. They were like, I don't care what they do with those assault weapons. Man, that stuff just picks my last nerve when they say that. You know the actual numbers? In 2011, gun owners in the United States outnumbered hunters 5 to 1. There's like 13.7 million hunters in the U.S. over the age of 16, 12.7 million of whom used rifle shotguns or handguns for hunting, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. That means hunters constituted only fifteen point nine to eighteen point one percent of the estimated seventy to eighty million gun owners in the U.S. in twenty eleven, and that's the last year with some stats. This week is a hunting and fishing day, I believe, and let's get Barbara to tell us more about that. Hey, Barbara, how you doing, lady?
1: Hey, Ken with two ends Blanchard. Do you know that this Saturday, September 28th, is National Hunting and Fishing Day? And I know you love to fish, Ken, with the old guys and occasionally shoot. And you know, I bet a lot of your listeners do, too. In commemoration of this national appreciation of hunting and fishing, many states' wildlife and fishing agencies are offering free fishing days and other activities that correspond to the event. And you can check the website at nhfday.org to find events in your state, Such as Ken, there is an NHF Day celebration at the Associated Gun Clubs of Baltimore in Maryland. And what, might you ask, am I going to do this weekend to commemorate the day? Well, I will be pulling my PSE bow, flinging some arrows downrange at about 35 yards toward my deer target, in hopes of being able to bring home a freezer full of fresh venison in a few weeks. And if you want to know what other women from Women's Outdoor News are doing this weekend, well, let's see. You can check out the e-zine at womensoutdoornews.com. And let's see. I'm pretty sure that Julie Golub is out elk hunting with a bow tag. Mia Anstein has been elk hunting all week in Colorado. Brittany Starr is going to Arizona, and she's taking concealed carry firearms training. Marty Davis is probably out bow hunting. Molly Smith is going to compete at I-Corps, the premier revolver event in the nation. And Sarah Aarons also is probably out hunting. So let's just say none of these women are home watching life unfold before their eyes on the Outdoor Channel this weekend. They're out there making their own memories, and I hope you will be too. So visit nhfday.org for more information. And be safe. Thanks, Ken.
0: Yeah, you're welcome, sis. Thanks for the tip. All right, speaking of bearing arms, got this from bearingarms.com. They say it's time to admit that Chicago-style gun control is an utter failure. Four members of Chicago Street Gang are in custody and facing a litany of charges in relation to a gangland attack last Thursday night that sent 13 people from the embattled back of the Yards neighborhood, including a three-year-old boy, to the hospital. That assault was in retaliation to another gun attack or gang attack earlier that same day. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel and Police Superintendent Gary McCarthy would like for you to blame the firearms used for the shooting, not the gangbangers that they treat almost as an afterthought. They've placed considerable political weight behind the insistence that the blame for the shooting goes to a so-called military-grade weapon used in the Black Peace Stone gang's attack on members of the gangster's disciple, an attack that also wounded innocent bystanders. Emanuel and McCarthy published statements suggesting that they blame the tools used almost more than the repeat offenders wielding them. It is their constant insistence that more federal gun laws are the solution to Chicago's having become little more than Mogadishu on Lake Michigan. The problem with their constant and hysteric assertion, however, is reality. The two known firearms used in the shooting were a twenty-two revolver and a semi-automatic copy of an AK-47 with a standard capacity magazine. Chicago already has extremely strict laws governing the criminal use of firearms, and they have continually failed. Instead of solving the gang problem, Chicago is possessed by a police chief so militant against even the lawful use of firearms by the good citizens of his city that he even threatened to have his police shoot lawful concealed carry holders. A million dollars was wasted on funding a pet gun control group that has failed to reduce violence, which is now having to close two locations. Millions of dollars more have been wasted fighting against the constitutional rights of Chicagoans to defend themselves, in one court case after another, including one that has seen dozens of good men freed to right an injustice. Chicago's attempt toward effectively countering gang violence is so bad that Illinois' governor, Pat Quinn, made the very public suggestion of deploying the Illinois State Police and even, though, even the Illinois National Guard to try to bring the violence plague city back under control. But Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel and Police Superintendent Gary McCarthy don't want to solve Chicago's gang problem. They do not want help from the Illinois State Police. They do not want help from the Illinois National Guard. Nor will they allow the good citizens of Chicago to defend themselves. Emanuel and McCarthy instead demand that the rest of the nation comply with their failed policies. The rest of the nation doesn't have an out-of-control gang problem. In the rest of the nation, taxpayer dollars are not spent recklessly and ceasingly to deprive law-abiding citizens the right of self-defense. Nor are citizens subjected to a police chief more interested in refusing help and protecting his own power than solving the problem of violent gangs. Chicago has a gang problem. Chicago has a leadership problem. The only gun problem, in quotes, in Chicago is that the city government insistence on failed laws means that the city's law-abiding citizens remain unarmed victims. And you can read that and more from BearingArms.com. Man, it's a gun rush going on in Maryland. Yeah, it's tough. Despite a dedication of more resources and a ramped-up effort to address a backlog of gun purchase applications, Maryland has become overwhelmed and inundated. Firearm purchases applications continue to come in, into our license division at a rate we have never seen before, said Maryland State Police Spokesman Greg Shipley. We've received well over 100,000 applications so far this year, far exceeding anything close to that in years past, he said. The police department's licensing division has added to its staff and hours of operation. Still, the backlog sits around 50,000, just days before the state's tough new gun control law takes effect. In recent weeks, police have received about 1,000 applications every day. One year ago, we were receiving on average 154 applications a day, said Shipley. Maryland's new law bans the sale of assault-style rifles and requires a license to buy a handgun. Given the current backlog, however, state officials are waiving the license requirement for those on the waiting list. According to a statement from Maryland State Police, Marylanders who have submitted handgun purchase applications on or before September 30th will not be required to obtain a handgun qualification license. This gun control law goes into effect October 1. The Maryland shall issue gun rights advocacy. The group that's doing a lot of stuff here sent out a press release through Senator Nancy Jacobs also saying don't trust Maryland State Police. We don't even have a handgun qualification license in place yet. But that won't stop them from arresting you if you get caught. I know. That's what's going on in Maryland right now. We are definitely under siege, but hang in there and keep fighting the good fight. Don't sleep on it. If you want to help, if you want to check out what's going on in Maryland, pay close attention to the Associated Gun Clubs of Baltimore, their website, and MarylandShowIssue.org. Hey, in case you didn't know, this show has been sponsored for a couple of years, by crossbreedholsters.com. Crossbreed Holsters makes some of the most comfortable hybrid holsters on the market. Kydex and leather. You forget you're even wearing the thing. And that's what you want if you're wearing concealed. You don't want something that just looks pretty and beats you up. This thing's functional. Crossbreedholsters.com. And in case you didn't know, I got a new version. Of black man with a gun. My book coming out called Reloaded. And on the cover. I am sporting a AR-15. Made by L.A.R. Grizzly. It's pretty sharp. And it's coming from. Ergogrips.net Ergo pimp that thing out. It has all the accoutrements you would want. I'll be sharing that. On the cover soon. But you can check out. Ergogrips.net right now. And see all the extra stuff that you can get for your firearms, for your rifles, for your handguns that makes it just comfortable to use. Good stuff. And stuff looks good too. You just want to make it look sharp. Function, fit, fashion. Ergogrips.net All right, this week has been stressful for a lot of people. And I got this from MedicineNet.com. How about a little quiz about stress? See how much you know. All right, question number one. Stress is usually thought of as a negative experience, but it can be a positive one. True or false? All right, the answer is true. Stress in small doses can be beneficial for us in terms of increased energy and mental alertness. This type of stress is considered good. For example, feeling mildly stressed when carrying out a project or assignment often compels us to do a good job, focus better, and work energetically. Question number two. It is possible to eliminate stress. True or false? Right answer is false. Eliminating stress from life is not only impossible, it's unrealistic. For people prone to negative effects of stress, stress management is important for physical and mental well being. We're only going to do about nine of these, okay? Number three, blank is constant and persist over time. And your answers are A, distress, B, duress, three, chronic stress. And D, none of the above. All right, the answer was C. According to the American Psychological Association, chronic stress is constant and persists over an extended period of time. Chronic stress can become difficult for the body to manage and can be psychologically and physically debilitating. Number four. The hormone, known as cortisol, helps the body manage stress. True or false? Now, how many of you even know what cortisol is? I didn't know, so I'm not even going to play the music for that one. The answer is true. Adrenal glands manufacture the hormone cortisol, as well as adrenaline, both of which help the body manage responses to stress and convert sugar and fat to energy. Too much cortisol is secreted during times of physical or psychological stress and the normal pattern of cortisol secretions with the highest in the early morning and the lowest at night can be altered. Hey, that's just some stuff that you can say you learned it on a black man with a gun show. Next question. Physical symptoms of stress may include A. A headache, gastrointestinal disturbances, sleep problems B. Muscle tension Muscle ache, muscle pain, C, fatigue, or D, all the above. All right, you're smart. You already know it's all the above, right? Common physical signs and symptoms of excess stress can include all that stuff I just said sleeping problems, gastrointestinal disturbances, muscle tension, muscle aches, muscle pain, fatigue, headaches including migraines, emotional and behavior signs and symptoms can include nervousness, irritability, anxiety, changes in eating habit, losses of energy and enthusiasm, and depression. Next question. Stress is an unnatural reaction. True or false? And the answer is false. Stress is a natural, normal part of life. Do not beat yourself up for being stressed out. It's important to note that the experience of stress varies greatly from person to person, and what constitutes overwhelming stress in one person may not be a big deal to somebody else. Next question. Chronically stressed people are A. More likely to develop addictions. B. Less likely to develop addictions. C. More likely to commit crimes. D, less likely to commit crimes. So we got more likely, less likely, more likely, or less likely. And the answer is A, more likely to develop addictions. People under chronic stress are more likely to develop addictions and have a greater tendency to engage in unhealthy behaviors such as overeating, smoking cigarettes, and excessive use and abuse of alcohol. And drugs. And that's just a couple of addictions. There are like so many things you can become addicted to. All right. Another big word for today what are endorphins? Next question is what are endorphins? A, painkillers. B, neurotransmitters. C, A and B. D, none of the above. All right, for you science buffs, you knew it. It was A and B. Neurotransmitters are messengers that transfer information between nerve cells. Endorphins are neurotransmitters that are produce produced by the body to control, suppress, and diminish the perception of pain. Endorphins also trigger a positive feeling in the body similar to that of morphine. The body's natural pain control response helps us deal with stress. Last question, in case you got tired of the Q&A or maybe you thought this was interesting, let me know. Share it on the uh, show notes for this episode. Say, Ken, you can just keep that stuff out of here. But I thought it was interesting. I really did. And all of us might be able to help somebody else out. Last question. A stressed person can stimulate endorphins, uh, the release of it, by A, sleeping, B, eating, C, reading, And D, exercise. A stressed person can stimulate endorphin release by A, sleeping, B, eating, C, reading, and D, exercise. Final question. All right, you know it's exercise because we know we all like doing it. A stressed-out person can stimulate endorphin release by regular activity and exercise. Studies on the cause and effect of relationship between exercise and stress strongly suggest that physical activity helps the brain cope with and respond to stress. In terms of management, physical activity as simple as a daily walk is a small but powerful weapon against stress. Just trying to keep you healthy because I love you. There's not a darn thing you can do about it. So, how'd you do anyway? Did you get nine out of nine? Go ahead with your bad self. No? Oh, well. But did you learn something? Right, right. See? That's all that's important. All right. My next guest has been on the show before. I think I first met her at the gun rights policy conference. Man, almost 15, maybe 20 years ago. Her career spans over 30 years in the criminal justice system, both as a law enforcement officer and as a private investigator. I've used her myself to help locate my wife's father, who was missing. She's a U.S. Air Force veteran and uh, my friend. Author of uh, four books. Check out Suzanne McComas from ZZAgency.com. Suzanne McComas, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I love you, Ken. It's good to be here again.
0: I love you too. You have been intimately involved in the correction system and you know better than most about what's the real deal, what's happening on the inside for those that are incarcerated, uh, just the whole mess. Can you give us some insight onto that?
2: Well, I'm just going to throw a couple of statistics out there. Per capita, the United States has more people in prison than any other country in the world. Uh, Right now, there's 2.5 million people behind bars in this country, and over 60% of those are nonviolent offenders, for either something like drug possession or passing bad checks or something that wasn't a violent crime and we are so overcrowded and it's costing us so much money as taxpayers. The current corrections cost nationwide is fifty two billion dollars a year. And something's gotta give. It's something's gotta change and soon.
0: You you tell me about Suzanne McComas. Folks don't know about you Give me a, give me your bio. Who are, who is you? Who are you?
2: I uh, you want the nickel version? Okay. Well, I'm a private investigator. I have been for almost 20 years. Um, I worked for America's Most Wanted in 2000 to 2002 as a cold case homicide investigator. I've worked all across the country in civil rights cases, in wrongful death cases where someone died in police custody. Uh, I testified in front of the House Judiciary Committee in 2006 against the ATF. So, I've uh, I've kind of made a name for myself, and I like to think that I put myself words wrong to try and make it right. I think that's the best way to sum up my approach to my work and who I take as clients. I have four books I've written, one on self-defense, one on my work in the justice system, one on being an abuse survivor and overcoming that, and my latest book is actually a reentry program for corrections use called The Rough Path, which is um, going into use right now in uh, corrections company, correction facilities all over the country.
0: Cool. And and you're my go to person too.
2: You're a go to person for a lot of stuff. Well you are for me too. It's okay. We're good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
2: I have a I have a very small network and I and everybody in it has incredible value to me. I think that's the best way to put that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I agree with that. The path to nowhere or the or the pathway. Tell me about that program.
2: Well, the rough path is—it's um, developed as a. It came out of a program I was doing behind the walls for maximum security prisoners, about accountability and recognizing where all their poor choice decision making came from, and it was called the Four R's: Recognize, Regret, Reality, and Repair. And it was very well received, and I expanded that into a full-blown program for use in the facilities. It's no. Psychology, per se, it's a confrontational approach where they meet in groups and they have to fill out a very detailed inventory and workbook of how they feel and what got them there, uh, what their decisions were in the past and why, and then they are confronted by it in the group, by the other offenders and by the facilitators to recognize where they went wrong. You can't erase someone's past. You, You just can't. But you can change their mindset so that that past does not influence them in the future. And once the reentry program went into effect, I did a personal use version of the book as well that anybody out here can use if they've been a, a trauma survivor, if they've gone through domestic violence or childhood sexual abuse. It's something that they can use to recognize how that's still affecting them as an adult and put some things into place to keep that from happening in the future. And I thought when I first did it that I would have a lot of people that were 20-something that said, you know, I I need that. And funny enough, my audience has been um, more people in their 40s who still have not reconciled what happened to them as children or as teenagers. And that's very sad that they've lost years out of their lives or been basically still been a victim all those years of somebody that uh, was in their life 20, 30 years ago. So it's nice to see them recognize that and finally let it go and put it where it belongs, which is in the past.
0: So true. Your first book and your third book are first thing that comes to my mind. The, the um, it's up to you, Cupcake and, uh, Halfway to Somewhere. You really, like, laid stuff out there in that third one.
2: I, yeah, I, uh, I tend to be pretty direct. <laughs> there's not uh there, there's not a lot of sugar coating in what I write or what I write about. The self-defense book I wrote uh, for teenagers up through adults and it's very uh, very direct. I think about what you can do to protect yourself, not by learning jujitsu or karate or any of that. It's written for people who are Well, what I said in the book is I want the 60 year old lady who works in accounting to be able to survive something. And if she uses what I put in the book, she'll be able to get through it. And that was the whole goal. It was not to prepare someone by having them go through self-defense course where they have to learn how to, you know, break someone's neck or whatever. Because the average person just can't do that stuff unless you train every day for hours. So this is all just common sense stuff you can put into place. And hopefully it will get you out of there alive in the situation that you're in. I give this book to a lot of my domestic violence clients. I actually give it to a lot of the uh, ex-offenders if they need it because there's no weapons involved. So they, of course, can't own a weapon for self-defense anymore. And this is a way that they can protect themselves and their families without breaking the law. So they're very grateful when they get the book because it's got a lot of good tips in there that they can use and, and they're all legal.
0: Good stuff. It was well done too. Halfway to somewhere. A personal book, your personal journey, your bio.
2: Very personal. <laughs> Very personal. I uh, I was a childhood sex abuse victim, and uh, that was the first book I wrote. I didn't think that um, anyone would read it. I, I think honestly, I just wrote it because I felt like I needed to, and it has touched a lot of people in ways that I never expected. And a lot of people have gotten back to me and said, uh, you know, I I never really dealt with my past until I read about yours and figured that, you know, it's time for me to do something too. If you could do it, I could do it. Uh, You're the strongest woman I've ever known. And I didn't write it to make myself look good. I just wrote it about what I went through and what I had to do to be a success in life. And by success, I don't mean money-wise. I mean emotionally and spiritually and, and be out here doing what God put me in to do, which is not to be a victim and not to cower in a corner. It's to go out and help other people so that they don't have to be there either. That truly is my purpose in life, and uh, I've done my best to stick to that for a long, long time.
0: You've picked up a lot of folks with broken <laughs> wings.
2: I do. I tend, to, I, tend to, I tend to go to the birds that have broken wings and uh, fix them, you know. I, I mean, and, and there's all kinds of ways you can do that. You just have to apply your talents to what you know best. I met two ladies down in Austin, Texas that do a program in the women's prisons called Truth Be Told. Beautiful women, they're hurt you in the right place. They've helped over 1,000 women work through being abuse victims and horrific childhoods, which is what got them into prison in the first place. And I told them, I said, you guys basically have 1,200 children. And they said, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that, that's kind of how it is. They're, they're like mom to all these women when they need them. They're there when they need them, and when they don't need them any longer, they, they let them go, and, and they go on and live their own lives. So when you recognize that you have that talent and that passion helps somebody I think it's kind of your obligation to go with it. And don't worry, because you'll be well taken care of in this world and the next. I truly believe that.
0: Taken care of. <laughs> what, what do we need folks to do for you?
2: you what gotta... they can do for me? Well, i tell you what. I, I'll, I'll put a little wish list out there. I'm not ashamed to put down a wish list. I would, like, uh, I would like your listeners to visit my website. If one of the books resonates with them and they would like to buy one, I won't turn it down makes you feel any better. I make about $5 off the book when you buy it. It's not, it's not a ton of money, but you know every little bit helps. Um, if anyone has any connections with uh, the corrections industry and they've heard about my program and they would like to drop a nickel on me to one of their program's people about they'd like to put it in place, go ahead. Go ahead, because every word of mouth helps. Personal touch is always best. It works really well in county jails. That's where it's been placed already, and I would like to see it in the state DOC systems. Um, I have had everybody that has looked at it and reviewed it, has liked it, and put it in place. So it's just a question of getting it out there to the right people so that they can recognize it and give it a chance. Uh, Third, you know, if you um, have anything that you need from me, feel free to email me through my website, and I will do my best. And every time I say that on a radio show, Ken, I get one person that writes. It's just one, but they always write, and they need something that falls in my um, skill set. Cool. And I help them out because I feel like that's, uh, that's part of the big picture is to help people to come your way.
0: So, so what is, what is your like website?
2: Zebraagency.com. Like zebra, zebra. Agency.com. Very simple. You can go on there and see me, you can see my books, see my work, and uh I do speaking appearances, I'm available nationwide for casework. Um I do um I do a little bit of everything, but mainly, unfortunately, somebody has to die before I go to work. It's usually a civil rights action or a wrongful death suit. I do not do surveillance if you think your wife is cheating on you. Just so we know. <laughs> not my thing, but I can I can tell you somebody who will, but it's not gonna be me. Um, most of the cases, I take are pretty in-depth and pretty analytical on a lot of work.
0: So, I hate surveillance my, work.
2: Uh, oh, God.
0: It, ne- it never ends well. It never ends well.
2: No, I've heard a lot of good stories about how not to do it. Where One guy, um, I think the funniest one was he called his female client and said, Well, I caught your husband. I'm sitting at the hotel right now, and he's in there with his girlfriend, and she literally picked up her other phone and called the husband and said, my P.I. is outside in his car right now watching these S O V And before he knew it, the husband came out and was swinging a baseball bat in his car. So, mm. uh, he learned the lesson to drive a couple blocks away and then call the wife. <laughs> <laughs> not, not from the parking lot. So <laughs> no, I don't do that. I, you know, the way I look at that, if you think your spouse is cheating on you, they probably are. Yeah. The Why spend the money to find out for sure. It's just go ahead and do what you got to do. And, uh, find someone who appreciates you for who you are so never a good
0: way to go thank you thank you for sharing all that you did Um, I want and hope that folks will contact you soon I'll I'll be leaving your URL on the show notes so they can find you and uh, I'll be talking about you throughout the show to make folks won't forget you and thank you so much for everything well
2: thank you Ken I love you like a brother man it's been too long since I've seen you face to face we need to you make a trip to your area and just we need to just go out and have dinner and sit down and talk.
0: For real. For real. And we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen soon. We will. We will. <laughs> All right. Take it easy, man. All right. You too. God Take bless. care. God bless. Hey, you going to the SHOT Show this year? The 2014 SHOT Show, the Shooting, Hunting, and Outdoor Trade Show, is January 14th through the 17th at the Sands Expo and Convention Center. It's a big to-do. It's uh, for the industry, for the most part. So it's a little tough to get to some of the events. It's put on by the National Shooting Sports Foundation. And uh, all the folks who write the magazines, who report on the magazines, all the firearms industry people, they're all there. If you don't have a room yet, I recommend the Venetian. It's connected to the Sands, and if you use my affiliate link that's on blackmanwithagun.com, I just got it. I can get something from it. I have no idea what, but the Venetian is the bomb. I felt guilty I was in it. It was so good. So the room rates are cheap right now. You might want to get yours now if you're going, and then get the airlines later. But please use my link for the Venetian on blackmanwithagun.com and there's a couple other affiliate links I got it like a little tab at the top if you see I changed the site a little bit trying to make that thing pay homie is struggling but I'm still kicking hey thinking about suicide I'm here to tell you that you're not alone if you need some help in the US please call 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. SuicidePreventionLifeline.org. 1-800-273-8255. You are not alone. All right, that's about a wrap for this week. Keeping it short, I actually got um, somebody interested in putting it, putting the show on XM and on uh, Clear Channel for a 30-minute show. I don't know how I'm going to arrange it, so I'm just doing a little testing, seeing what I'd keep and what I'd put out and what I'd, you know. I know, Dave, man, you like it a little longer, like 45 50 minutes, an hour. Some guys say that's too long. But here, I'm just testing the waters here. Question for you. What's faster, hot or cold? The answer is hot, because you can't catch a cold. Don't forget to check out gunrightsmagazine.com, Network. O-R-G. And the show notes for this episode can be found at blackmanwithagun.com. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for rolling with a brother. If you want to contact me, my voicemail is 888 675 My email is blackmanwithagun@gmail.com. at gmail.com. The show notes... And all media links can be found on blackmanwithagun.com. Check out the affiliates, the blog, and sign up on the contact list that I have there. If you like what you heard, please tell somebody. And until we meet again, shalom, baby.